Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. So before we get started with today's episode, uh, today's episode is a replay of the weekly live call that Yasmer and I host every single week on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. And we would love for you to join us live Whenever you have time each week, we have a great time. You can engage with us live. You can ask us questions live and it is a great time. So I wanted to extend this invitation to you guys and I do hope you enjoy listening to this episode. For those of you who um, that 1 p.m. time does not work, we will definitely be um, we definitely share the replay to the live calls on Instagram. It also is on our YouTube channel and we share it to Facebook as well. So you can always catch the episode afterwards. So thank you guys and we will talk to you soon. How's everyone doing? Welcome back to the Clever Girl Finance weekly live show. We do this uh, live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're live on YouTube and Facebook and we share it as a replay on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So you can always catch us. And my amazing co-host, Yasmir, will introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm happy to be here with all of you. I'm Yasmir. I am the social media content creator for Clever Girl Finance, and I'm based in New York City. Yeah, so as you're joining us, please tell us where you are joining from. We would love to know. And uh, today we're going to be going over a very important topic, which is why financial wellness is critical for women of color. And I'm just going to preface and say that financial wellness is critical for everybody. It's a very important topic. It's a very important topic for women, especially. But when it, when we talk about women of color, we talk about Black women, Latina women, Native American women, women who categorize themselves as women of color. Um, it is more especially critical because of statistics that you know, just showcase the impact of a lack of financial wellness that women like me and Yasmir and those of you who represent the women of color demographic face. And these issues come from, you know, historical reasons, systemic reasons, social reasons, economic reasons. And we're going to share some of the statistics with you. And, you know, that showcases just average median, average net worth for our demographics and average basically means the largest size, right? So it's really important that as women of color that we are on top of our financial wellness, especially because of 
different factors working against us. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> uh, someone sent a message saying that financial wellness is important for everybody. And that is correct, right? But we are today focusing on women of color and I am obviously a woman of color here. So this is an important conversation that we need to have and that we will continue to have here at Clever Girl Finance. So let's get into our topic. <laughs> yes. Um, so as you mentioned, Bola, um, the topic of why financial um, literacy is important for women of color um, is because of some statistics that um, exist. Um, currently, uh, the net worth of Black women is $200 and for Latinas is $100 and it's due to um, many reasons. And today we're going to be discussing about three challenges that women of color face. Yeah, so let's go over the statistics again. The median net worth for a single Black woman is $200. And for a Latina, it is $100, right? That is crazy. And, you know, we're going to talk about some of the reasons why, but that's very depressing. The median net worth. Uh, when we look at our non-minority counterparts, for example, white women, their median net worth is $15,640. That in itself is not great either, right? But $200. Um, and then when we compare that to the median net worth of our white male counterparts, their median net worth is $28,900. So it is twice as much almost as white women. And just, it blows the median net worth of Black women and Latina women out of the water, right? And this is just, it's its very depressing. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, there are many reasons, historic reasons, right? And that's a whole other conversation, historical reasons why uh, minority demographics, Blacks, Latinas are behind net worth-wise, uh, systemic issues, um, social and economic issues. Uh, we already know about the pay gap that Yasmin is going to talk about. So those statistics are important to keep in mind. And, you know, this median is basically based on a grouping, right? It's, it's, it's the middle. It's where the largest numbers are. Obviously, there are people who are outliers that are doing really well in minority demographics, in women of color demographics. But, right, if we're saying the median is 200 and and $100, that means there are a lot of people who this is their net worth or less, right? So this is something that we want to change, especially for our demographics. So let's talk about um, the reasons why. And the reason why this is important for you to know as a woman of color is that you might be doing great right now. You may be on a financial journey, improving your finances, and you may see your own path. And you may be thinking to yourself, wow, I'm doing great. But we want to change that narrative for our children. We want to change that narrative for our family members, for our community, so that as a aggregate, as a group, we can lift that $200 net worth and that $100 net worth way up, right? So it's about thinking beyond just ourselves and thinking about how do I empower my children? How do I empower my family? How do I empower my community to also do well? Basically, if I win, I want us all to win as well. So let's talk about some of the reasons why. Yeah, the first reason is a lack of financial literacy um, tools out there. Um, I wanted to mention too that women of color, um, a lot of a lot of us hold you know, uh, college degrees, but unfortunately, um, 
this is financial literacy is not taught in in many many schools um so that is a great disadvantage there um and so we miss out on that and then when we go into the real world after college we're just lost with our finances yeah so financial literacy is something that you hear us talking about often that's the mission and purpose of clever finance but it's not something that is generally taught in schools. It's not something that a lot of families feel comfortable talking about. And when you go back historically and look at your mothers, depending on your age or your grandmothers or your great grandmothers, this is not something that they were taught or exposed to either, right? Um, when you think back generationally of what was deemed as a woman's place, it was not in the matter of finances. And this is just a broad uh, societal idea of where a woman should be. And that still carries forward today. Um, we also want to think about the fact that, you know, we all have great recipes from our moms, from our grandmoms, from our great grandmothers, and that's because they were taught on they they were taught on what was a woman's place of you know be a housemaker, take care of your children, take care of your family, but they were never really privy to those financial conversations. And so we want to make financial literacy an organic conversation because knowledge is power. When you understand what financial literacy is, when you have that concept of you know, what all these different options that are constantly being presented to you as a woman of color is, then you can make smarter decisions. You know, uh, as a minority woman, um, we are specifically targeted, right, uh, by unsavory um, lending practices, uh, payday loans prioritize targeting women of color because uh, we are more likely to take on that type of debt. And this is just based on statistics. When you look at the student loan crisis today in America and you look at um, who is bearing the bulk of the burden in terms of loan balances and in terms of highest interest rates. We're speaking about minority women, Black women, Latina women, Native American women, et cetera. They are carrying the burden or we are carrying the burden or of the bulk of that debt crisis in terms of amount of loan and interest rate. So having financial literacy, having financial awareness allows you to decipher the jargon, right? When you're being presented with all kinds of, of things. So it's so important, so important for us to be able to decipher this, 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 the noise out there so that we can make smart financial decisions to improve our overall financial wellness. And Dahlia said that there are still systemic barriers and outdated ideas that are still getting in the way. That is correct, right? So, you know, one very popular systemic barrier was redlining. And this was in the home purchasing industry where uh, people were denied mortgages or given higher interest rates just by basis of the way they looked, right? And that is illegal now. But the, the practice of redlining still exists because, uh, you know, banks, lenders can make determinations based on your zip code, right? That could be a predominantly minority uh, area to determine the interest rates they give you. And you may likely get a higher interest rate. Uh, single women studies have shown that they typically tend to get higher interest rates um, than men. So there are lots of these underlying things that, you know, you can't say, yes, you are doing that. I know for sure that you're redlining. But when they put the studies together, when they look at the statistics, it's obvious that it continues to happen, but they've just found loopholes around what is now illegal. So being aware, having financial wellness, having financial knowledge, being able to educate yourself on what is the impact of a payday loan? Why is a payday loan terrible? How can I 
make sure that I'm not being taken advantage of when I'm applying for lines of credit, when I'm applying for debt? How can I create a plan to pay off my student loans quickly? You know, this this is all stuff that we need to learn how to do. And even when it comes to, I think, Yasmin, we're going to talk about um, the wage gap next, right? Just being able to negotiate for yourself as a woman of color, especially knowing that on average you are being paid 20% less by default is incredibly powerful. And that ties into having financial literacy. So this, these are areas that we want to be informed. We want to inform others around us so that we can make smart decisions and just know how to navigate these crazy waters. And I just want to throw in a couple other stats for you to keep thinking about. So, you know, we're focused on women of color in this particular life. Well, let's think about just women as a whole demographic. So number one, you know, going back historically, there was the idea of the women's place. So money is not something that we organically discuss. Obviously, in this generation, we're changing that narratively, hope, narrative, hopefully, with Clever Girl Finance. But number two, we're in a space where many women now are breadwinners, so household earners, right? So we're being told what is a woman's place, but we are out there making money. There are single mothers. There are women who are choosing not to get married, right? And for all of these reasons, because we are supporting, because we are heads of households, because we are breadwinners, we need to know how to manage our money well. There's also the impact of you having a baby and going on maternity leave, right? At work, they will tell you, oh, the three months that you're away on your leave is not going to impact your performance. But guess what? Those three months are three months of the year where you are not there to showcase your skills. And out of mind, out of sight is basically out of mind, right? So that's working against you. You also have to factor in the fact that women live longer than men on average. So you're getting paid less, but you need more money over the course of your life. So these are all reasons why financial wellness is incredibly important for us, especially for women of color. Mm -hmm. I know I said a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You are preaching facts, Bola. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, as you mentioned, Bola, um, the gender wage gap, it affects us all as women. Um, unfortunately, it affects women of color a little bit more. And, and I'm just going to share um, a few statistics with you all. So, on average, women earn 20% less than white males. Black women are typically paid 62 cents to the dollar and Latinas 54 cents. Um, Whereas our um, counterpart, white non-Hispanic men um, get paid higher than that regarding, uh, um, you know, no matter like what level of work they are doing or what level of education they have. Yeah, so that gender wage gap, it is real. Um, I've been a victim of it. I remember getting my first job out of college. For those of you who know my $100,000 savings story coming out of college, I got a job making $54,000 for taxes. I was so excited. I didn't negotiate my salary. And a few months later, uh, with my coworkers, we got to talking about just salary, which HR does not like, but you know, you get to know your coworkers. And I found out in my group of new hires for that window of time that I was hired with the same educational background, the same experience, I was the lowest paid person on the table. And I was the black girl, I was the black woman, and I was the lowest paid. And that actually angered me, right? Um, Because 
of this existing gender wage gap, Black women get paid 62 cents for every dollar their white male counterparts get paid. Latinas get paid 50, what, 54 cents for every dollar. That's a little more than half their white male counterparts get paid. And so it's the reason why it's important for us to know this, right? We talk about the gender wage gap all the time. You know, it, there's a lot of work to solve this, but the reason why we need to, you need to know this and remember this is so that you can advocate for yourself in the workplace. You can ask, you should always ask for more. There's no reason why you should not ask for more because the worst thing you can get told is no. You should always ask, right? You should always advocate for yourself. And when we're talking about asking for more, it's not just about salary because sometimes an employer will say, you know what, this is the max I can offer you. But guess what? You can negotiate your vacation days. You can negotiate um, you know, how much time you work from home. You can negotiate. I negotiated my computer, my office chair. You can negotiate everything. You can negotiate your raise. You know, let's say you're in a salary now and you didn't negotiate, but you can negotiate your raise going forward. You can have a conversation with your manager to set expectations for what you need to accomplish to get the highest possible raise. You can negotiate your, your bonus. The bottom line here is that knowing the statistic of the gender wage gap for women, for women of color, you have to negotiate and you have to get comfortable with asking. And the bottom line is say it simply, practice in front of the mirror, practice with your friends, but you have to ask. And I love this statement from Dolly where she says, choose to be a warrior, not a victim. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you something, the gender wage gap is impactful. Yes, we're earning on average 20% less, but guess what? Despite the gender wage gap, there's a very high chance that you are earning more money than your mother, than your grandmother, than your great-grandmothers ever did. We are being impacted by this gender wage gap, but we're in a position where we can start to change the narrative, right, by doing the best that we can with what we're earning and by asking for more and for advocating for ourselves, right? Every higher pay you get, you make it easier for the next woman, the next girl who is in college, who's coming after you into the workforce, right? So it's important that you always remember, right? No one's going to grab you by the shirt when you ask for more. No one's going to say you're fired. You're just going to say, you know what? No. And then you can say, well, I know you can't give me a raise here, but can we talk about getting a better bonus? And they could say no too. And you know, guess what? You know, I only have one week of vacation or two weeks of vacation, but can I get three weeks of vacation? Always ask. You have to advocate for yourself. And remember, there's no, the worst thing that can happen is no. That is it. You have to ask. You have to ask, especially as a minority woman, especially as a woman of color, especially as a black woman, Latina woman, Native American woman. You have to ask for more. If you take that gender wage gap and you sum it up over the, the course of your lifetime, right, you're leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table, maybe even millions, depending on your skill set and your career path, by not asking. So you have to ask. You have to ask. And even if you did not negotiate like me, the next job I got, you can best believe that I negotiated. And I was uncomfortable and it was nerve wracking, but I stepped out of my comfort zone and I asked. And guess what? I got the raise. I got the more money. You have to ask. And if you're in a position where it's like, you know what? These people are not recognizing how amazing I am. Then you can look for another job, right? Luckily, we live in a world where we have options. 
And by having financial literacy and creating a buffer for yourself, you know, putting money aside for emergencies, getting your financial situation in order, creating your debt payoff plan, you expand your options where your whole life is not dependent on this job and you're not tied into, um, into being stuck at this place. So yes, ask, ask, ask. So Pamela said, it always was scared to ask, not anymore. I have never negotiated salary, but I'm looking for another job within my company and I will negotiate. Yes, please negotiate. Analyst says, you have to ask. The worst they can say is no. And what's the difference? You already don't have the raise. If you don't get it, nothing will really change. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> so there is the gender wage gap, right? We all know about, but there is an even bigger, more impactful gap that Yasmer is going to talk about that impacts us as women of color earning that 62 cents and 54 cents as black women and Latina women. And I know there are other stats out there for other uh, women of color demographics, but there is another um, another um, gap that impacts us more severely. And we just lost Yasmir. See if she's going to come back. Okay, I don't see her, but I can talk about that. So outside of the gender wage gap, um, there is also the investment gap. And what does this mean? This is basically, you know, when you are paid less, you also have less money to invest, right? You earn less, there's less money to put towards your goals and, you know, the things you want to accomplish long-term for yourself. And one of those things is investing. And when you talk, when we talk about growing your money and building long-term wealth, um, achieving your goals and dreams, investing is how you grow your money. But as a result of us being paid less, um, Yasmer is back. We also have less to invest. And when you compound that with the fact that women invest less on average anyway than men do, then that's a really big deal. And when you tie in the 62 cents paid to black women and the 54 cents paid to Latina women and et cetera, you know, we have less opportunity to build wealth for ourselves as women of color. This is a big deal, knowing that we live longer on average than our male counterparts, right? So that investing gap, right, is it's compounded for women of color, uh, even if we even if we go ahead and invest the same percentage rate as our white counterparts, we are still investing less because we are earning less, right? And it makes it harder for us to be able to close that wage gap, right? Because if we can't grow our money as significantly as our white male counterparts when we invest, then we we're going to struggle to close that that wage gap. So there is the lack of financial literacy. There is the impact of the gender wage gap. There is the investment gap, right? These are issues that all women face, but specifically for women of color, compound that with historical issues, right? So we're talking about slavery, Jim Crow era, immigration issues, all that kind of stuff. Compound that with systemic issues, compact that with social and economic issues, and we are at a serious disadvantage. And these are the reasons why financial wellness is incredibly important for women of color. It's important for everybody. It's important for men. It's important for all women. But for women of color, it is more so 
important. And I'll tell you a personal story that I talk about in my book that's coming out, my fourth book that's coming out. And it's just a clear, um, I don't think I've shared that this shared this story on the Clerical Finance platform before, maybe on one podcast episode, but it's just a clear um showcase of you know just the difference with women and men and opportunity. So my dad is a twin. Um and he has a twin sister. And for whatever reason, my grandfather did not believe in educating the female child. It just was not his thing. So my dad has an undergrad degree, he has a master's degree, and he has a PhD. My dad actually has two PhDs. My dad is very smart, very accomplished uh, when it comes to academics. My, my, my auntie, my dad's twin sister, did not go to any formal education whatsoever. This means that my aunt does not speak English, and my aunt does not also, she also does not read or write. These are two people, right? Twins, best friends, and they are best friends, born together, one male child got all the opportunities, and the female child was just not given any opportunities. And my aunt has been able to make a life of herself, building a business, being a trader. She's accomplished in her own way. But just the unfairness between two siblings, twins, right, is just so, um, in a world that it, we still live in a man's world, we still, in a, we still live in a world that defines what a woman's place is, just seeing that, you know, is, is very depressing, right? Obviously, they're a generation behind us, but still, it's, it's, it's just, there are so many reasons why we need to do well as women, right? So that we can empower our daughters, so that we can empower the other women around us to do well, knowing that all these different statistics are working against us, right? People see me as a person of, you know, woman of color and people judge me. I had a conversation with somebody and she told me that she feels that Clever Girl Finance and what I do is a gimmick, right? Focusing on women, focusing on women of color, because she thinks all people in America have equal rights. And if me as who I am, a successful, successful Black woman, my son or my daughter ends up going to Harvard University, right? When they graduate, they will have the same opportunity as everybody else. And I was like, you are actually incorrect. I can go to Harvard. I can have a million dollars. I can be a billionaire. But I'm still not going to have the same opportunity by virtue of what I look like, by virtue of the color of my skin, by virtue of the stereotypes people have about me as a Black woman, as a woman of color. So, you know, Having your finances in order, right, will elevate you. It will give you options. It gave me the opportunity to tell the woman, you know what? It's great that you have that opinion. It doesn't work for me. And you and I will never do business because guess what? I don't need your business. I have options. That's a position you want to find yourself in. And, you know, it is what it is. But you want to give yourself, put yourself in a position where you can have financial wellness, create your plan for your own financial success so that you can not only elevate yourself, you can give yourself options, you can create options for your children, for your family members, and for your community at, at large. It is not an equal playing field. Unfortunately, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter, you know, how fancy or expensive my clothes are. None of that matters. And so having financial wellness gives you options to walk away from situations that don't serve you 
right? And to create your own legacies for your children to change the narratives. I know this is a lot, <laughs> kind of more than what we talked about, but you know, like, you know, like, like my story is my story. And, you know, I, I, I can never ignore the fact that I don't transcend race, right? Like who I am is obvious to me every single day when I go out. And again, so important for us as women of color to have our finances in order. It gives you options. It gives you options. It gives you opportunities, um, especially given all the things working against you. So very incredibly important. Oh, yeah. Um, I Just before we close, I just want to share um, just a personal story. Um, growing up, the women in our family weren't being pushed to get their education. We were more like, okay, you have to go to school because you know you have to learn how to write and read and all that stuff. But what you really have to do is learn how to be a housewife. Um, and I, since I was little, I loved education. And so, of course, with the help of my mom, I sort of pushed back um, and I became the first one to um, obtain a bachelor's degree in the family. Um, and I also, because I pushed hard for it, my sister, who's younger than me, um, was able to do that. And she mentioned that I had paved the way for her to do that. So um, <laughs> just just a um, personal story, because like you said, we, we have a lot against us um, just from everywhere. Um, but although this sounds all kind of like sad and depressing, um, as you mentioned, Bola, we are making more than what our parents made. Um, so that's something that um, I'm happy about, proud of, and just makes me just look forward to future opportunities and things that I can do and to build generational wealth because that is very, very important. Yes, and I can definitely relate to the housewife. I mean, I come from a culture and that is very much focused on finding a husband. <laughs> you want to be a rocket scientist? That's great. You want to be the next president of America? That is, a, you go girl, but where is your husband? You need a husband. <laughs> so I can relate to that. You know, you want to get your master's degree, a PhD. Amazing. Just, you know, just find a husband first. Get the husband first. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, you know, create your own options and having money, having financial wellness, getting your finances in order will allow you to create your own options when people don't place any options in front of you, right? You want to create your own options. You don't have that privilege where people are just going to hand you opportunities, unfortunately, right? You need to create your own options, create your own opportunities. Yes, if you get opportunities, that is amazing, but you also want to have your own options. You don't want your opportunities to be dependent on somebody else's decision in a back room with a closed door to saying, should I give Bala that opportunity or not? Oh, but wait a minute, Bala is a black woman. Oh, wait a minute, this, that, this, that. You don't want that. You want to create your own options mm -hmm. for yourself so that the opportunity does not present itself to you. That's fine because you know what? You're good. You are fine. Whether they give you the options or not, whether they give you the opportunities or not, you are perfectly fine because you have your own money in the bank. So I just, I want to stress that, right? Um, for women, for women of color, it is so incredibly important to 
you know, I, I've been in positions where at, when I was working in corporate that the guy, the, the white guy who was less qualified than me got the opportunity to do a big presentation, even though I had all of the information, I had all of the experience and I would have done a, a better job, right? And the fact that he got to do that presentation in front of senior executives meant that he got that visibility to get that next raise, to get that next promotion, right? So you, again, financial wellness, being able to create your own opportunities um, is so incredibly important. So that's my, that's my spiel. <laughs> We don't often get to focus on, you know, topics like this, but it is necessary. And they are, this is a topic that we can't avoid because <laughs> our audience, 75% of our audience is made up of women of color. This is who we are, right? And so it's important to talk about the issues that impact uh, the majority of us. And so that's why we are discussing this topic today. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in and for being here. We'll be back next Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Check out the Claro Finance books if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, did you want to add anything? No, I just wanted to thank everybody for sticking with us for the last um, half hour to have this very important discussion. Yeah, so thank you, everyone, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.